Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, your dose of spiritual supplements from A to Z. Catholic Vitamins, specially formulated to help you achieve optimum spiritual health. It's time to energize your faith, forget what lies behind, and press on toward the goal. We've already won. Look at how far we've come. Let's fully embrace the change that has taken place. Here are your hosts for Catholic Vitamins, Deacon Tom Fox and his lovely wife, Dee. Hi, once again, Dee. Hi, Tom. Welcome to Catholic Vitamins. Oh, not you, Dee, but to our (laughs) listeners. You're here all the time. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Glad to be with you. A a Saturday in Arizona. A beautiful sunny Saturday. Absolutely. Which it is most times. (laughs) It is. We had a lovely breakfast this morning. We've done a little bit of preparation for some company, and we're ready to... uh, it was a nice enough morning for us to stop at a trailhead up north of town and take our dog for a little walk. Maggie, Maggie likes being up doors and new smells. Oh, yeah. So this is Catholic Vitamin U for unabashed. Yes, we have someone who's an unabashed follower and friend of Jesus Christ. Her name is Kendra Von Esch. I'm just going to say she shouldn't be a stranger to anybody who listens to us regularly because she's been on the show in one way or another quite often. Three years ago is when she says that we first met and spent time getting to know each other. And so it's been three years since she's been on for a uh, sort of a full interview. But uh, she does do contributions to Catholic Vitamins from time to time and also on our Catholic radio station. And uh, we love revisiting with her again, and I think you'll enjoy her passion for faith and church. And we're so thankful to her because she's the one who introduced us to Tony Agnesi, isn't she? I That sounds familiar, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah, I think it was her. Yeah. Well, we'll get to uh, our time with Kendra in a little bit. Uh, so this is episode 468 for the World Wide Web and... Episode 116 for our local Catholic radio station, KPIH 98.9 in Payson. So uh, the beginning format of our show is that we share a little bit about our life, sometimes just the vanilla things in our life, but sometimes about our faith walk. We are always trying to encourage a, what, a growth in faith for others or faith yeah. practice. Um I had somebody this past week come up behind me as I was headed over to our little discussion group at church. And she said, I love listening to you on the radio. Oh, really? (laughs) Really? Oh, my. You know who you are. (laughs) Well, you know, I've had a couple people mention that they hear me on the radio. I I guess they mean us. Uh, But uh, thanks for those who listen on Catholic Radio in Payson, Arizona. <clears throat> and, she thinks we're funny. Can you imagine that? Oh, my heavens. <laughs> that lady needs to find... She needs a life. <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. That'll make her laugh. All right. Well, dear friends, uh, we had breakfast. We already talked about that. We um, have been sort of exploring, looking for a few new things to watch 
on the TV. Right. And so I, I asked good friends of ours for the names of some of the series that they might have been watching in recent months. And One of them was called Alone. Alone. Now, I'm sure a lot of people who might hear this would say, well, that was four years ago or something. Well, we're always late getting around <laughs> to these things. So uh, we watched the first couple episodes of Alone. Do give me your reaction it's to it? Pretty fascinating to me, I think. Is you it? know, it's a, you know the premise is that what ten guys are are dropped <laughs> at different locations up. The, and this first season was filmed in Vancouver, so they're dropped in different locations in the woods up there around the lakes. All alone. All alone. They can only take. 10 items with them and they have to try to survive and they all have survivor training to start with of some some degree or another but they have to survive and make do with nothing practically and it's really pretty fascinating to see how they all cope with it so your answer to the question is it's fascinating yes it is all right for me i uh, was really pulled in by the first couple episodes, but if if it's going to be a full year of I'm alone, I'm scared, I'm frightened, a bear chased me. I mean, after a while, you'll sort. Of, I'll get tired of that, but I'm willing to go some more episodes. I am too. Like one guy was talking about how he wanted to build a cabin, and I thought, is he really going to do this? Yeah. But he, then he was sort of maybe talking himself out of it since he found out he maybe he couldn't do a fireplace inside. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting, I think. All right. Well, we, we'll be back uh, with some prattle of the faith-oriented side of things in just a moment. I went back to the place where I grew, drove around in my car, made the sign of the cross. When I passed a church But it had become a bar I think it was St. Stanislaus A couple of years before But when I went in, they weren't singing hymns, they were drinking to rock and roll. Well, I could not believe what had happened, so I asked the bartender how. I said, tell me, where have all the Catholics gone? He said, they come round more often now. Oh, let this be a church again come back to your home remind us what these walls are for to worship you alone a lot of music was by a friend from franciscan university he's actually a professor and a highly respected one and he his name is bob rice but he's also a musician. He does a lot of the, uh, he leads the music for a lot of the summer conferences at Franciscan University. <clears throat> and uh, that song, Let This Be a Church Again. The words are great. Absolutely great. I, I, I tell you, uh, it really speaks to me because I can just see that happening, particularly in 
some inner city areas. And if people want to hear some more of the words continuing in that song, you're going to play some more after? I could, I could play for our next break. I could do that. So Bob Rice and uh, look for his music wherever good music is sold. You know, I think anytime you watch a, watch a streaming event from Franciscan University in a conference or, or, or speaker event or something, he's there with his little music group. Well, speaking of let this be a church again, that's not exactly a good lead-in to <laughs> What I'm going to say, but our uh, ordinary bishop from Houston is coming in February, February 14th, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah they said he's coming right around Valentine's Day. So uh, the ordinary bishop, Bishop Lopes, is coming to our parish, Holy Nativity, and um, we are... Uh, D's word was quasi-parish, mm-hmm. or maybe another word would be parish light, because, um, you know, there's certain things you have to go through to be fully established as a parish. Your finances have to be growing, your your uh, membership has to be growing, you have to have a parish council and lots of other things, and so the bishop and his chancellor are coming to look at that February 14th, so... We've begun to uh, spruce things up, getting ready for the uh, commanding general, so to speak, mm-hmm. reverently said. Um, and uh, what have we done? Well, some people have painted the uh, main wall, the front wall of the church. I understand the bishop wanted that done. Well, he had some words about the color that he yeah. wanted, but I, I don't think it was his idea to uh, uh, particularly paint it. But I, I have to say that now that it's done, I like it better than I thought I was going to before. It's a it's a rich mm-hmm. red or crimson, would you say? Yes, yes. And um, so that's been done and looks nice. And there were some leftover banners or uh, posters or whatever you call them <laughs> from the 1960s that were in the back sacristy area. And uh, they looked like Sister Bridget had put them up years ago. <laughs> And uh, so Father has taken those down, and <clears throat> we're making some other changes, and he's working on his records. And so uh, we're preparing for the bishop's visit. He'll be here for uh, a Sunday, if I remember correctly, and he'll do both masses, meet with a few people, and I guess we're going to have a reception. So, dear friends, if you are interested in a welcoming holy parish, Come visit Holy Nativity, and maybe you'll get a chance to meet the bishop on February 14th. And right after that, very soon after that, Lent will start. That's right. Yes, exactly. It's going to Ash Wednesday up. will be coming up on 17th of February. So I guess that would be right after the bishop leaves. Yeah. And uh, there'll be the imposition of ashes, I would guess. I don't know how COVID is going to affect that for uh, the ordinariate, but probably ashes. I read uh, one place that one of the instructions from a diocese was to sprinkle ashes on the head. I read that too, and I was wondering if that was going to happen to us. I don't, I don't know the answer yet to that, um, but uh, you know that's the way that it was imposed historically in the early days of the church. They, uh, people would cover themselves with ashes to admit their sinfulness and to uh, seek repentance and forgiveness. So, uh, gosh, I still remember that time back in Missouri, how many years ago, when we were there on Ash Wednesday. What happened? And that priest gave me mega ashes on my forehead. (laughs) Yeah. 
Some priests definitely <laughs> go overboard with the ashes. All right, dear friends, uh, that's a little bit of uh, church-oriented <clears throat> prattle, and we'll be back. They removed the pews, the altar too. They kept the stained glass. And the folks gathered there for a different prayer, a different kind of a mass. The bartender can hear your confession. You can even order bread and wine. But you'll not be forgiven transgressions or partake of the bread of life. Oh, let this be a church again. Come back to your home. Remind us what these walls are for to worship you alone. Once again, that was Bob Rice from Franciscan University, and uh, Bob Rice has his own website and lots of good music. The, our guest is Kendra Von Esch. She's an unabashed lover of Jesus, his mother, the Catholic Church, <clears throat> and uh, we've seen pictures of her with who? With Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Uh, I saw pictures of her with Chris Stefanik. So she's really getting around, and we're going to be talking during the interview about her. She just returned from a trip to speak to one of the Legatus groups. Legatus is the organization for uh, high-powered executives, business executives, who are committed to supporting aspects of the Catholic Church. So she's really getting around and doing a lot of good. I thank you folks who are hearing for the first time about Kendra Von Esch, will enjoy hearing her conversion story and her passion for the Catholic faith. So next up, Kendra. Next up on Catholic Vitamins, <clears throat> that voice that you've heard from time to time on Catholic Vitamins and the voice that you hear on our Catholic radio station, the owner of that voice is Kendra Von Esch, <clears throat> I'm getting emotional just beginning to talk about her. Kendra, welcome back to Catholic Vitamins. Oh, Deacon Tom, it is so great to be here. I've missed you you in this live environment. Thanks for having me. You bet. Gosh, what was it? Was it two years ago that we started this relationship? Yeah. You you were one of the first people that reached out to me. And you were the one that introduced me to Christine Watkins. It just seems like ages ago. I think it was three years ago now, maybe, because maybe 2020 so. is a blur, <clears throat> and that went by really fast. Well, um, for those who are new to Catholic Vitamins or who might have missed hearing you on our Catholic radio station, do a uh, sort of an introduction to who Kendra Von Esch is and where you've come from. Oh, boy. Well, let's just start off with the last page first. God pulled me out of the pits of hell. My entire life, for 42 years, I was living the worldly life. I believed in everything the world and evil told me would make me happy. Make a lot of money, buy a lot of stuff, center your life on you. My holy trinity was me, myself, and I. 
And don't forget, if it feels good, do it. You know, like do drugs, drink a lot, party hard, seek pleasure and everything. And at the same time, while I'm succeeding in the corporate world, I'm climbing that corporate ladder, I reach executive status, and I'm, you know, now I'm worse. <laughs> what this world told me would make me happy is making me worse. Mm-hmm. I'm way less confident. I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. I'm not smart enough or educated enough. Now I need a, a bigger house, a better car. I'm, oh, just everything. That's how my life was for 42 years. And I had no idea how truly miserable I was because I never stopped to be quiet. I never stopped to be silent. I didn't like the silence. I came home. I put on the radio. I put on the TV. I put on music. I got in the car. I did the same thing. I was constantly filling my head with worldly things. And it wasn't until my father had quadruple bypass surgery that I actually got on my knees and I started crying and I prayed to God, which, by the way, I had no relationship with. I didn't even know who God was. I did not know, get this, that Jesus was God. I only thought God or Jesus was God's son. Don't even get me started on the Holy Spirit. I had no idea what the Holy Spirit was. So I was a confirmed Catholic, and I'm I'm using air quotes for all the listeners. I wasn't confirmed Catholic at all. I had no idea about the faith, no clue about the Eucharist being the beautiful body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And yet I did have a little bit of a prayer life, meaning (laughs) another air quote for the audience. Prayer life, meaning all I did was ask God for stuff, like to lose weight, to have a boy like me when I was younger, to pass tests because I was out partying all night when I was in college, to get a job, to keep a job, those kind of things. Um, All about me, right? Lord, help me get things that I want. But for the first time ever, I was on my knees praying for my dad, sincerely crying. And that was the moment that I opened up that little door, a crack, and God just kicked it wide open. And long story short, my father came out with flying colors and a great healing process. And all of a sudden, here I am thinking my, about myself. I never went back to God and said, thank you. I was one of those nine lepers that went about my way. And I I ended up buying a a cleanse book off of the Dr. Oz show. Have you ever seen that? Yep. Okay. Okay. So I bought a cleanse diet book. And in the diet book, there was this chart with little segments. It was a pie chart, little segments of your life. One of those said spirituality. And that was God speaking loudly to me. And I thought, well, gosh, I've got nothing going on in this piece of the pie. Like for 20-something years, I wasn't even going to Christmas or Easter church or Mass or any kind of services. Like I wasn't even one of those priesters. <laughs> so I was far, far, far gone from the Lord. And um, so I decided I was cleansing my body. I was might as well cleanse my soul. And so the Lord moved me to go to Mass 
on Easter in 2013, it'll be eight years this, this coming Easter. And um, it was then that I heard about confession being held on Divine Mercy Sunday. And boy, did I have no clue what Divine Mercy Sunday was and what was going to happen to me. So the following Sunday, I went to confession after being away for 26 years with every mortal sin on my soul, numerous times with the exception of killing someone. And it was a game changer. It was at that moment that I knew God existed. And I felt him in a supernatural, spiritual, physical way. My entire body, as I was being absolved from my sins, was completely filled with love and peace. And I was just talking last night, um, I was speaking to some people at the Fort Wayne chapter for Legatus, which is Latin for ambassador. It's It's a Catholic executive organization that you can become a member to. They have chapters all over the place. Great organization. And I was, yeah, it was, they're fabulous. They're wonderful. Um, and they bring their spouses, and it's a beautiful night. I'll just tell someone, people who don't know. You come in, You, I had confession yesterday, and then we pray the rosary. Then we attend mass, and then we go have a cocktail, if that's your thing. If not... You hang out and you talk with people, and it was so wonderful <laughs> to be with people in person again. I've been really, that really fills my cup to be in person with people. And then you share a beautiful meal, and then they have a speaker. So it's, it's a wonderful night for people to get together and worship, but also network with one another and help each other in your personal and professional, professional lives. This is so sort I was sharing. Of- I'm sorry, this is Go sort ahead. of a throw-in. What did you talk about to the Legatus group? So I, it, my topic is about leading with compassion. And it's not just in a professional sense, but it's leading your life with compassion for others. And when God, when I was in that confessional, I walked in thinking that I was going to get yelled at by the priest. I was honestly, let's just say, looking for a butt whooping. I thought I was going to be in a lot of trouble. So I was pretty scared when I walked into the confessional. And, you know, when I kind of made a joke, I said, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Get a load of this. It's been 26 years since my last confession. He responded with the most beautiful voice through that screen and said, welcome home. Amen. And that was where I started bawling my eyes out. I couldn't hold it together. I I was like, oh my gosh, he loves me. I felt God speaking through that priest. It truly was in persona Christi. And I didn't even have a clue what that was. I All I knew was I was loved and God was going to forgive me for everything I was about ready to say. And then when the absolute, you know, absolution came and he was absolving me of my sins, that was when I physically and spiritually, mentally, my body, everything I knew that God was washing me clean. And I floated out of that church. So I was talking to them about how all we want as human beings is to be loved. And we as Christians, as Catholic Christians, need to be that light and love to others no matter what. No matter if they're 
angry people, not very nice people. Maybe they're just different people. And God had given me this beautiful grace as I was on my journey. I was still an executive in corporate America. And I started looking at people that I was working with in a different way, with compassion. And I was accepting the ones that I didn't really care for because I thought they are children of God as well. God has them here for a reason. And they have unique gifts and charisms that God has given them. And so I started walking. I was drawn to the people that I would otherwise, before God, turn around in the hallway and walk away from because I didn't want to see that guy, right? (laughs) So I was drawn to them, and I would walk into their cube, or I'd walk into their office, and I'd ask them to lunch. And then I stopped gossiping about everybody my team was like, what is up with you? They saw this change <laughs> because I was the first one to close the door and be nee, 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 talking about everybody behind their back. And so needless to say, I know that I was the witness of Jesus's transformation because I came in that Monday morning after that Divine Mercy Sunday and people noticed. And I didn't even know what to say. All I said to them was, I don't know. I think I'm Catholic. (laughs) I went to this confession, and I am changed. And they looked at me, and of course, I've never brought up God. I've never talked about God. And all of a sudden, I'm bouncing around, and people started coming into my office of all ages, of all different, you know, levels in the company, talking to me about what happened. And it was beautiful. So evangelizing is just being that light and being that compassionate person. So when my team would start throwing another department under the bus, I would say, okay, wait, stop. Look, we all make mistakes. Let's, let's, let's kind of forget about point, finger pointing here and let's get down to what happened and what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again and it was, you know, because I would be piling on back in the day. So that's what I talk about is leading with compassion. But it leads into all aspects of your life, your family life, your personal life, and your professional life, or whatever vocation you have, even, you know, religious, et cetera. Well, Kendra, you, you walked away from your corporate position, which was not an insignificant position, and you've trusted in the Lord to sort of fill the gap. And I know you've been traveling. You mentioned Legatus, and I know you've been going other places. Can you kind of share where you have been in the last couple, three years, what sort of settings you've talked in? Sure, sure. So for my first big thing was to write my story, my memoir, so that People out there who are faithful and so desperate to have their kids and their relatives, family, friends come back to the church can have some true hope (laughs) that it may take 42 years, but God can work amazing miracles in someone's life. Uh, Keep praying. And then, of course, I tell them, take the book and give it to that person (laughs) because I did write it in a funny and um, raw way. So I shared all of my struggles coming to the Catholic Church and all of its teachings. So that was sort of the beginning, and then it was, okay, got to put a website together, 
and get out and speak. In the beginning, it was just about my testimony, and I continue to speak about that. But the more I walked on this beautiful path over these past three years, the deeper my my spiritual life became. And I started understanding that, wait a minute, as I progressed in my ministry, I started getting attacked by Satan and his minions. And I had no idea about deliverance. Um, I was going to speak with 160 priests in my local diocese for three hours. This was no small little in and out type of thing. And I was being obsessively attacked in my mind. I couldn't think of anything but how unholy I was that I should go back to corporate America, that my husband doesn't want me to do this, go make some money. This is stupid. Who do you think you are to be talking to these priests? And I took that to my spiritual director and he said, oh yeah, you're totally being attacked. You know, Satan doesn't want you talking to priests. So I understood that there was this amazing weapon of deliverance in our lives that I didn't know about. I knew I shouldn't have been fearful, but I didn't know there were beautiful prayers that can be prayed to cast out the evil and and then fill yourself with the spirit and the love and the peace of God. And I realized that it is a daily battle and prayer is the basis of your spiritual life. It's the foundation And that was another thing that I didn't know really how to do, let alone like incessantly praying all day. I wanted to have that, that mental prayer, that Christian meditation, that contemplative time with God. And so I started doing research about that and discernment of spirits. And so my, my deepening of the journey and the road and the weapons and and the ways in which I can truly hear and know God's voice and will in my life. And I know a lot of times I override it, but at least I know I'm overriding it now. <laughs> and it's all, you know, it's my decision. Um, that really focused and, and made my, my ministry geared on helping others deepen their relationship with God and the Catholic faith, and using all of the beautiful sacramental graces that we have, the sacramentals, the weapons. And so I've started putting together some retreats, some parish missions. I speak about my experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about it. We may have emailed, but have you ever rested in the Spirit? Yes, once, yes. Okay. I did too. And it freaked me out because I didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden I'm laying on the ground and, and that was a massive moment in my spiritual journey. And I also have, I also speak about my rough road to Mary. I actually have a three part video out there, but I come and speak about it because I didn't feel Mary's love in the very beginning. As a matter of fact, I have a chapter in my book that's called Mary, 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 Marsha, 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 like the Brady Bunch. I was like, what is the deal with Mary in the Catholic Church? Why does everyone make such a fuss about her? Like, all right, I get it. She's the mother of God. I understand that. But I didn't have this love and devotion for her. And I knew so many people 
who were like, oh, Mother Mary, our Blessed Mother. And I was like, yeah, I just don't feel it. And then through my consecration to Jesus, through her, I was healed on Our Lady of Guadalupe from a 20-plus year drug addiction to marijuana. Like, instantly. Instantly. And I was beside myself. My husband has been a witness of so many of these amazing miracles in my life. I've tried to quit. I tried to quit for forever. I mean, I was in executive life, smoking pot, in my car, on the way in, during lunch, on the way home. I was smoking pot all the time. And it wasn't until December 12, 2019, that God finally said, you have to go out there and share this. Because I didn't share this in the beginning of my ministry because I was still attached to the world. I still cared too much about what people thought of me, right? Oh my gosh, they're going to judge me really bad for this one. So I kept it to myself and I didn't get into it much. But that was way back many years before that she healed me. My first, my first year on the journey. So if you think about me going back to Mass on Easter in 2013, that December was when I was healed of my drug addiction. And I hadn't talked about it. And so, <laughs> so of course, on her beautiful feast day, I hear it in prayer. I'm in men- mental prayer. And he says, today's the day. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, today's the day. And I said, no, 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 We're putting that in the second book. All my stuff's coming up in the second book. Remember, God? That was our deal. And he was like, you know, <laughs> you need to give my mother credit. You know, she brought you to me, and I had mercy on you. And so I didn't even think about it. You know how I'm on social media all the time. I put a video together, and I just told the world that day. And I shared it and just breathed out saying, well, it's not about me anymore. This is all about glorifying God and his amazing graces in my life. So that's really what I do when I speak. Um, I recently uh, started working in youth um, conferences and talks as well. So I speak about how I was sexually promiscuous and how I understand all of the sexual morality in the in the church and what the teachings are. And I've, you know, I speak a little bit on theology of the body. So that was a beautiful invitation to be part of this set free summit, which is a global youth event that I, I recorded my talk and then I come live on zoom and I'm talking to people in Malaysia and India this coming February. It'll be in Canada and then uh, the UK And so it's really fun because I'm there to answer those questions, um, really deep, intimate questions about probably the hardest things that I had to accept were the sexual morality teachings of the church. And last but not least, the men. So my talk to the priest was about fatherly, spiritual love and guidance, because my whole life I had none. My dad, my grandpa, my uncles, my peers, nobody was at all speaking about God. I had no spiritual guidance. So in the beginning of my journey, it was just the priest. And then I came into 
um, three or four really Catholic and Christian men and how amazing it is to see men being men and leaders and praying on their knees with the rosary in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So that's, um, I've been on, oh, what is his name? Bear Wozniak's program, speaking about male spirituality from a woman's point of view. I did a couple virtual Catholic conferences. So I think it was, you know, men always have men at their conferences, but I think it would be nice if they heard from a woman how important it is and how, how like impressive it is, how masculine it is for a man to pray and to be the spiritual leader of their household and how desperate I am to have that. Cause as you know, my husband's not there yet, but he is making some progress. <laughs> Kendra, um, as we move slowly towards a wrap up, I have two things I'd like to cover with you. One is sure. um, let's say that someone is hearing this who has not been an executive has not had a wild footloose um, period in their life, particularly the way that you've described it, but they are worried about the virus. Uh, They are worried about the result of the elections. They're worried about our country. And I know that you speak eloquently about prayer. Could you say a few words about trust in God and in prayer? For sure. It it is all about humility. Humility is the basis of all the virtues. And the more that we can humbly let go, and prayer, by the way, is an act of, of humility because we need, it's a gift. Prayer is a gift. You can see that in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And it's a covenant and it's a communal relationship with God. So the more that we speak to Him, the more that we feel His grace and his peace shower over us, the more that we let go of our control, our curiosity, the more we live in the future or regret the past and mull it over, the less we are right here, right now, where God is. And he wants us to trust him and to let it go. And the more that we can deliver those emotions of fear and anxiety and worry and control Maybe it's laziness or depression, because I know a lot of people, I also faith coach now, and so many people are falling into other temptations and using food or alcohol or other pleasures to take that edge off, if you will. And it's really God. God gives us that peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I just ask people, if you aren't familiar with prayer, to take that step forward, to learn how to pray, to sit with God in silence. I've got, um, I have a a 40-day video prayer course that I developed where I can walk with you for 40 days. It's a 15-minute commitment, and we focus on one thing every day. You can listen to my reality reflections. I have a 10-minute podcast Monday through Friday in the morning. We put Jesus on together, you know, start your day with God, and then you'll begin to see God in the world, through other people, in nature, and then you'll start thanking God, and hopefully you'll pull yourself back into the present, because that's really where he is and calls us to be. 
Well, that, that actually was a lead-in to the second part of what I wanted to cover, which is it sounds like you have so much that you can share with people. You mentioned your book. You just mentioned this uh, prayer coaching activity. So what's the entrance, excuse my voice, what's the entrance into the work that you're doing? What's your web address? Oh, sure, sure. So everything can be found on <laughs> KendraVonesh.com. It's not too creative. Um, and that's V as in Victor, O-N-E-S-H.com. If you go to Faith Services, you can see everything that I've got coming out. And I'm also developing an audio rosary for the distracted person and a meditative rosary so that uh, we could pray the rosary together and truly make it a meditation instead of just checking the box and getting it off the list. And there's also a lot of radio appearances that are on my events page. You can see where some of my next events will be online and in person. So just go to my YouTube page. (laughs) You can find all my videos there. That's also available on my website. You can go there and that's really what it's all about. I just want to walk with people on the journey and help encourage them to keep walking. Even though you're in that valley, just know that there are two mountains on each side. And as long as you keep walking on the narrow path, you'll be up that mountain in no time. Kendra Von Esch, what a joy to spend time with you. As uh, we said, it's been far too long, three years, gosh. Um, When are you going to come to Arizona? I have to. I've got a girlfriend, one of my best friends from seven years old that lives in Scottsdale, and another one that I actually have two best friends that are out there that I've got to make the journey and the trip. And when I do, I'll call you and, and you just arrange something and I'll see you and maybe speak to your parish or to people around there if we can make that work. And uh, Amen. Amen. It'd be great yeah, for sure. Great. Kendra Von Esch, bless you, bless you. We'll keep you in our prayers. Thanks for coming on Catholic Vitamins. Oh, thanks for having me. And God bless you and say hi to Dee for me. Will do. Kendra Von Esch, she has unabashed faith, and I just absolutely love it. Thank you, Kendra, for coming on Catholic Vitamins. This is very outgoing. Absolutely. Love her. I hope she comes to Arizona. I already talked to her about that. That'd be great. We were going to mention the pro-life march, which we're going to have here locally in our town, which will be on the 23rd of January. So anybody listening to this after the 23rd. Where were you? Yeah, but since this is going to air for like a week preceding the 23rd. If you are in Payson, Arizona, if you are in Strawberry or Pine or what other areas, D? Star Valley, Geisela. There you go. Please come out on uh, January 23rd, Saturday between 10 a.m. and noon. There will be a pro-life friendly uh, demonstration 
on the Beeline Highway, Highway 87, between Bonita Street and the theaters. And signs will be available, or you can bring your own signs. And there will be a lot of friendly people there. The last year that we did this, we really had, what, two or 300 people. So we're looking forward to a good city. A lot of the area churches participate. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Now, Dee, you have in your hand. Uh, we're going to talk about our book giveaways. This one, Jesus and the Dead Sea Scrolls by John Bergsma, who was our guest not too long ago on the show, is going to run until the end of February, you said. Yes. It's so, revealing the Jewish roots of Christianity found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. A fascinating new construct on how important the Essene faith community was and how it ties to baptism and the other sacraments in the Catholic Church. If you're slightly interested in Christian history, Jesus and the Dead Sea Scrolls, a free book giveaway from Catholic Vitamins, and courtesy of Professor Bergsma, send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com. Catholicvitamins at gmail.com or call our studio 928 363 4144 Why are you laughing? 363 4144 because you had to look up at the little <laughs> sticky on the, on the screen. So uh, that that is a special book giveaway, but we also have our KPIH Catholic Radio book giveaway, which is until the end of January. A Hundred Ways Pope John Paul II Changed the World by Patrick Novakowski. John Paul II changed the world in many ways, and this book describes a hundred of the most important ways. Each of the hundred accomplishments, teachings, or stories about John Paul II is fascinating, providing a glimpse into the astounding life and impact of this great and much-beloved saint. So, again, if you'd like that... It only runs till the end of January, and uh, send an email once again to catholicvitamins at gmail.com and say 100 ways Pope John Paul, so we'll know, or if you're interested in Jesus and the Dead Sea Scrolls, say that in your email. All right, dear friends, we're going to take another break. We're going to uh, be joined by another one of our Catholic Vitamins correspondents, and we'll be back. For years, as I have consulted businesses all over the United States, when a businessman says he wants to maintain the status quo, I remind him of this simple reality. You can only coast in one direction. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi. In business, you are on one of two trajectories, getting better or getting worse. You're either growing or you're contracting. Either you're eating or being eaten. There's no staying right where you are now. There's no such thing as status quo. You know, the same thing's true for our spiritual life. We're either one of two trajectories, either growing in our relationship with God, or frankly, we're growing away from God. As we are reminded in the book of Romans, we are either moving toward darkness or moving toward light. Daniel Burke, in his book, Navigating the Interior Life, makes this point in a very profound way. He said, we're either headed for heaven or we're headed for hell. Most of us eat three meals a day to sustain us and keep us alive physically. But for most people, an hour once a week at church is the extent of what they're doing to fuel their spiritual lives. If our spiritual lives are to grow, then we need to do more. So what are you doing to change the trajectory of your soul? What are you doing to throw off darkness and put on light? 
Let me suggest that in addition to the same old New Year's resolutions about losing weight, working out more frequently, or stopping smoking, that we add a couple of spiritual resolutions as well. Here's a few ideas of what you might resolve. Pray more often. The simple prayer of offering up to God all that I may encounter today is a beautiful way to start. Attend Mass and receive the Eucharist more frequently. Try to add a Mass during the week to your schedule. Spend an hour each day in Eucharistic adoration. If you're lucky enough, as I do, to be at a parish where perpetual adoration is there, try making a commitment once each week. Spend a little time each day with the Word of God. The Bible is an excellent source for spiritual growth. Read a daily devotional magazine. There's some good ones like The Word Among Us, My Daily Visitor, Our Daily Bread, and The Magnificat. I'm certain you can find one that you'd like. Pray the Rosary, your chaplet of divine mercy. Or examine your conscience at the end of the day. A great idea is to take a few minutes before you go to sleep to review your day. Recall the things you did that were positive, that brought you closer to God. And then consider those things that you did that maybe didn't work that way. I promise you'll sleep better. I like to take some time during Christmas and New Year's to plan out my goals for the new year. I don't call them resolutions. I call them goals. I make sure that I always include my spiritual goals on my list. I write them down and I keep them with me. Do this and you'll be putting on the armor of light and changing the trajectory of your soul in a positive way. Remember, you can only coast in one direction. I hope you have a healthy and happy and blessed new year. This is Tony Agnesi. Well, if you're a regular listener, you know that uh, Tony Agnesi has been to our community. He's been to our parish. He spoke uh, at an evening dinner event that we put on, and it was so well received. We had people from other faiths. I think one uh, couple who identified themselves as of no faith, but everybody seemed to enjoy his uh, talk about ways to see life differently and he shared a lot of wonderful stories. I'd love to get him back. I think a lot of people would, too. Absolutely. So, TonyAgnesi.com is where you go to find out more about Tony. <clears throat> the, um, you said, let's not talk about your love of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have some dear friends that we have visited recently who send us home with a bunch of leftovers and... I sent them a text message to say how much Dee enjoys her cooking night when she pulls the leftovers <laughs> out of the refrigerator. Uh, I love it. Makes preparation so easy. <laughs> yes, it's called the microwave approach to uh, Dee's cooking. But um, we enjoy those. We're very thankful for those. Dee, <clears throat> um, we have a discussion group that you and I are participating in. It's after the 10 o'clock Mass, 10 a.m. Mass on Wednesdays in Holy Nativity Parish. We have spread out room there, so we're all keeping safe, but I'd say about 20 people average, 18 to 20, are gathering, and we're together reading and discussing Archbishop Chaput's book of some years ago, called Living the Catholic Faith. I don't want to put you on the spot, but so far, what would you say about the book? Well, it's a very good book, and we've heard, we've gotten a lot of good comments from people. We've, we're only into like the third or fourth chapter, 
into it. And people are commenting how what a great book it is. Yeah, a lady came to me. <clears throat> I had been resetting the altar for the next day's Mass uh, recently, and she called me over to the altar rail, and she said how much she enjoys that book, how much richness they're getting out of it. So even though it's probably nine or ten years old, Living the Catholic Faith by Archbishop Charles Chaput. We mentioned this once before, that, that we used this book to begin a, a little book club, I guess, book group that we started, what, oh, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So we had, what was it, three or four couples? Oh, four, four couples starting out, yeah. And uh, they enjoyed reading the book as well. After that, we went into a book on um, the deceptions of the New Age. You remember that? That was by Jeanette Benkovic from yeah. EWTN. Yeah. Well, dear friends, that's sort of a look at our faith walk. We're so grateful once again to Tony Agnesi. We're really grateful to Kendra Von Esch. We're going to take a break and we'll be back for our wrap-up. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We establish orphanages and help the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. I love those Catholics Come Home <clears throat> uh, commercials or infomercials or whatever you would call them. They're really wonderful. They're tender and gentle. I like that one in particular. Yeah, for sure. Hey, well, we're waiting us with the rest of the world for a vaccine, aren't we? <laughs> we are. So uh, we're staying hunkered down somewhat, looking forward to getting two shots in the coming month or so. <clears throat> I don't think our county has released it yet or is... We aren't into the phase that they're... I guess not. ...going to do for us yet. Well, good good health to any who hear this. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to Catholic Vitamins. Bye. From A to Z, Catholic Vitamins. Don't enter the race without them. See you next time. This is Deacon Tom. Blessings. I will come to you silence I will lift you from all your fear you will hear my voice I claim you as my choice be still and know I am near for